Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, church. Good to see you all this morning. I wish I could apologize for the words that we're going to be talking about this morning, but unfortunately they are as convicting to me. The power of words. Words have an extreme amount of power. Words connect us together, for better or worse. It's how we share thoughts, feelings, ideas, troubles, our successes, our failures, the past, the present, the future, and pretty much anything about life. Our words. Our words can make us laugh. Words can make us cry. They can cause excitement and they can cause fear. It is also used to show affection for one another, and words can be shown, can show our disdain for others. It can be used, they can be used to build up, they can be used to tear down. Words can make peace, but words can also make war. Words can be spoken, or they can be written, or even signed in some cases. And there are some people out there that share a lot of words. I'm sure you know those who I'm talking about. And there are those that share a little. When I was preparing this message, I was like, let's see how many words that the average person speaks a day. Let me tell you, there's no conclusion on how many words the average person speaks a day. Some people said 5,000, some people said up to 20,000, some even more. Can you imagine 20,000 words a day? I'm not even sure I'm the 5,000 word type. But hey, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Some speak a lot, some speak a little. But words are our foundation of our culture. It is the foundation by which we live by. Like I said before, it is how we remember the past, it is how we live in the present and it's how we plan for the future. Even if we are not speaking, we are using words, right? We have thoughts. I mean, what do our thoughts consist of? Words. Thinking to ourselves. Now, when it comes to 20,000 words a day, I blow that away in my own mind. I mean, we've all been there, right? Like we have a meeting coming up and we're having a situation and we're, thinking, we're going over every possible scenario within there trying to determine the outcome, exactly how I'm going to respond when something happens. And then when I get to the meeting, none of those scenarios I come up with actually happen. It's something completely different. But we use our words, and we need to be mindful of our words. We need to be mindful of our words at work, at school, with friends, at home, with our families, and even in our thoughts. We need to be mindful. Author Edward Lighton, he he coined this, this phrase that's been used many times, that the pen is mightier than the sword. He wrote this for a play, but after the play was written, it became something that's been passed down for generations. In many ways, words have more power than any force or violence. Words can cut deeper than any sword. Let me tell you, and words can leave a wound that lasts a lifetime. As Christians, as Christians, we are called to mind our words, are we not? We need to be careful how we use our words. We need to be careful about what we say. In James 3, 6, he says, In the tongue is a fire, 
The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is, is placed among the parts of the body. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. Holy moly. James here holds nothing back in this imagery of what he thinks about the tongue. The whole body can be righteous, but the tongue can bring it all down. It can begin to pollute the body. Everything can be good, but the wrong words can pollute it. There's this place in, in the ocean, uh, in the Pacific Ocean. It's called the uh, Great Pacific Garbage uh, area there. And it's where these tides meet. And you've probably heard about it. It's a place where all these plastics and everything is floating. Man, it's in this like 1.6 million square kilometer area, which is about twice the size of Texas. And there's just all this debris and stuff floating there. And the thing is that all that stuff got there, it didn't get there overnight. It got there little by little, and it caused this huge amount of problem. And today, people have been trying for years to try to get it cleaned up, but it's a large task. It's going to take a lot. Our words can have the same effect. Our words can pollute our body. Our words can pollute others. And so we need to be mindful of that. Not only that, because, the, because it happens slowly over time, we don't necessarily always notice it happening. When stuff first started floating there like in the ocean, it probably wasn't that big of a deal, but then it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The same things happen with us when we don't mind our words. Our words can have devastating effects, and they can literally cause so much harm that it takes everybody to make it right. The words that I'm going to refer to this morning, God be with us, is gossip. Gossip. Words through gossip are not Christian. James, he is sitting here and he is writing in this book, and one of the things that he confronts is gossip. Gossip is unconstrained conversational reports about other people. If you didn't know, there's an example of gossip in the very beginning. The first gossiper, anybody know who that was? Satan. Satan was the first gossiper, wasn't he? He was the first one in Genesis. You know, what did he tell Eve? Or what did he ask? Did God really mean that? Did he really say, don't do that? And it is one of the oldest ones. In Genesis 3.1, it says that the certain serpent Satan tells Eve, or asked, did God really say, you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Now you see that Satan here is very convincing. He doesn't come just straight out and say, go eat of that tree in the middle there. Because God, he, he told Adam and Eve, what? You can eat of any tree, any fruit from any tree within the garden except for one. That's what he told him. All right? So Satan comes along. He doesn't just say, go eat that, eat that fruit there. You'll be fine. No, he first gets them to question themselves. Did, did, did I hear God right? Did I hear him right? And what ends up happening? We know what ends up happening. Eve takes a bite, gives it to Adam. Adam hesitates for a second, but he jumps in too. Then they both get kicked out of the garden, and we're here now. They had everything. They're in the gardening. They had everything that they, want, that they needed, everything that they wanted, perfect life, no sin, no sickness, anything. But because of gossip and being able to change a person's mind caused them to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Now, I really don't think that Satan really cared at all about Adam and Eve. He just wanted to hurt God, right? 
I mean, that was, that was his goal, to take something away from God. He was mad at God, and so he wanted to take something away. So he convinced the two things that he loved most and turned them against him, made them go against his wishes. So we know the rest of the story there. Now, gossip, gossip, it happens for a reason. It doesn't just happen. All right? it's, there is a purpose behind it. Whether we admit it or not, there is a purpose behind it. It is oftentimes a hidden purpose. And there is some hidden meaning behind what we are trying to do. And gossip has no place in the lives of Christians. Gossip, again, is just simply the repeating of sins and stories of wrong and offenses of others. It is a repeating of the sins and stories of wrongs and offenses of others. Gossip talks another down. Now, I'm not referring to talking down to somebody. I'm talking about talking another down. Meaning that if I'm talking about somebody in gossip, I am trying to lower them down and make myself higher. Because if I can lower them down, then I can feel better about myself. This is gossip. It's cowardly, to be honest with you. Because gossip, where does it happen? It happens behind backs of the people that are actually being talked about. The people that are being talked about are not actually in the conversation, but they're being talked about in the conversation, but they're not there to be able to refute any claims that are made against them. It's cowardly. And just think about all the things that we see uh, in this world with gossip. It is everywhere. It is like a poison. It is like a slow poison. Now, sometimes you have gossip that has a major impact immediately. Sometimes you have gossip that just drips. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Trying to convince other people to think the way that the gospel is trying to think. If they can sway people to think the way that they want to do, then they'll do it little by little. Have you ever noticed this? Somebody drops you like a little line. They drop you a little nugget or ask you a little question. And they're trying to get you to come in. They're trying to see, is this person thinking sort of the way that I'm thinking? Or can, can, can I get them to change their mind? I'm just going to drop a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, and get them to follow in line. And if they completely like turn away from me, then I know that I can't go at them that way. Maybe I can go at them some other way. But gossip is like a poison. It happens over time. And as a person gives gossip, it, change, it changes the person that's hearing its mind. If we can get enough people to think or act the way that we do, then we can feel vindicated, right? If we can get enough people to turn on somebody else, to think bad about somebody else, then we can feel good about how we feel about that person. It's purpose of gossip. Make you feel good. If enough people feel that way about somebody, then you're okay, right? And this happens in little groups. It happens in private rooms. It happens one-on-one. It happens over text messages, phone calls, however you want to do it. It happens all the time. Now, this morning, we're going to be looking at a very small part of James. We're going to be looking at the book of James and and, and just give you like a little feedback. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to to James chapter 4. We're we're going to be in there, 411. Um, At first, when you glance at the book of James, you look at it, it seems like kind of like a random group of thoughts. He's going from one topic to another topic, Um, you know, Basically, he's given a practical guide of living the Christian life, but in some ways, when you take a glance at it, it just seems like he's just going from one thought to another. But when you take the book as a whole and you look at it as context, it is a great message for how we are to live 
the Christian life. And he doesn't hold back whenever he's confronting things about people in the church and how they should be living. He is extremely upfront. He is in our faces. He makes no excuses for those who do not measure up. According to James, Christians should evidence their Christian walk. It's not enough to say, I am a Christian. He said there should be evidence of that. In James 2.17, it says, In the same way, faith, if he does not have works, it is dead by itself. Basically saying that if you have faith, and you're not working out your faith, or you're going against that faith, and your faith is worthless. Our faith is worthless if we're not living out the way that God has called us to live out. And this is what James is telling people. He contends, and James contends that throughout the, book, throughout the book of James, James contends that our faith should produce authentic deeds. Deeds that are in accordance with God's holy word. In other words, if those who call themselves God's people truly belong to him, their lives will produce deeds or fruit. Now, we're, we're in James 4.11 here, and the first part of this says, Don't criticize one another, brothers. You can call it James 4.11a. Don't criticize one another, brothers. Some versions say don't slander. Uh, some versions say brothers and sisters. This is one of the many commands that James gives us here. And we're in this one part here because I'm hoping that we can get through just this one section of the verse. There's more to it, and, and you can continue on. But for this morning, we're going to be just focused in on this first little section here. Now, oftentimes you'll hear pastors and preachers and stuff get up here and they, and they give you the breakdown of the Hebrew, the Greek, and, you know, root words, Latin, whatever have you. I'm going to start with the word don't. And in any version, don't means don't. Do not. There is no other variation of it. Don't do it. Also want to point out that he ends in brothers. In some uh, versions, it says brothers and sisters. Right? In this part here, he's talking not to a random group of people. He is not a guest speaker at the latest conference. He is not putting on some breakout group somewhere. He is speaking to brothers and sisters. He's speaking to family, his family, which he is involved in. So he is saying, look, I'm one of you. Listen up. This is what I want you to hear. Don't criticize one another, brothers. One of the most destructive ways that we can uh, deal with other people, that we can tear people down, is through gossip. Some versions say slander. That is, one of the most, uh, that is one of the most destructive ways we can deal with this. So what are we, so we going to do? So what we're going to talk about this morning is that we've got to steer clear of gossip. Your first point or your first topic is we got to steal clear of gossip. And I want us to look at three points this morning about gossip. Three points. First, it is incompatible. Gossip is incompatible with the Christian life. It has no place for it. Speaking down to others is simply the act of arrogant boasting. It is an act of jealousy or pride. Is an act of self-centered desires. That is the purpose. That is the purpose of gossip. And these slanderous conducts and these uh, words are, are are denounced all throughout the Bible. We can see it in Psalm fifty twenty. It says, "You sit 
maligning your brother, slandering your mother's son. Jeremiah 6.28 says, All are stubborn rebels spreading slander. They are bronze and iron. All of them are corrupt. Paul says in Romans 1.29-30, Paul talks about those who don't acknowledge God for who he is. He says they are filled with unrighteousness, greed, or evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. We can see Paul here, he, he's referring to, uh, um, to, peop- to the unrighteous people, and he's saying this is what unrighteous people do. And in there he's saying slander and gossip. It has no place. When we are gossiping, we are talking down to another to make ourselves feel better. If I can run somebody down enough, I can feel better about myself. The reality is we all know that, really, we're all wretched. We're, we're all there. But if I can make somebody else look more wretched, then I can feel better about my wretchedness just a little less. We're all wretched. Some people do this so they can stand on the street corner. As the old Pharisee, stand on the street corner and say, Thank God I'm not like this man. That is the wrong motives what we ought not do because gossip is incompatible with the Christian life. It has no place. We cannot serve two masters. And gossip either gossip only serves ourselves. It serves no other purpose. It does not serve God in what he has caused us and what he has called us to do. What is the second of the great what is the second greatest commandment that Jesus gave. The first was to love God, God with our heart, our mind, and our soul. And the second is to love our neighbors as, as ourselves. Gossip does not fulfill that second commandment. It goes, it goes exactly against it. It does not serve a purpose. Gossip causes harm. So what are we supposed to do? Well, we're to encourage. Instead of discourage, instead of talking down to people, we're to encourage people. We are, we are to build them up, not tear them down. We are to help people up. If somebody is failing, we're not to spread their sins around to tell other people about it. We are to go to that brother and help them stand up. We're to go to our brother and our sister and, and, help, and help reconcile them with the Lord. To provide comfort where we can. To provide a friend where they need it. To provide a truly confident, a confidant, trusted confidant. One that will not spread words about them. We are to love and not hate. Remember the old saying, if you don't have anything to say, then don't say anything at all. Mama was right. Once again, Mama was right. If you don't have anything to say, good, then don't say anything at all. Proverbs 10.8 warns us, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Instead, we should be encouraging one another as much as words can tear down. They can also be used for good as well. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Encourage, promote love and good works. Paul says in Romans 15, 2, Each of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. God 
has called us to be better. The second point that I want to talk about gossip is it is undeniable. Gossip is undeniable. We are all part of it, and we have all experienced it. We have all participated in it. 1 Peter 2.1 says, So rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and what, and all slander or gossip. James is addressing the people here, and whenever he speaks to them, he's speaking to his brothers and sisters, saying, I am with you. I'm guilty too. We need to be doing this. He's saying that it's, it's not if we've done this, it's when we've done this. When we do this. Don't do it anymore. Be aware. In gossip, I think we can all agree that it happens all around us. All around us, all the time, wherever we are. No matter if we're at work, if we're at school, in our communities, in our families, and in our church. It does not matter where we are. Gossip happens everywhere, all the time. For a little bit older generation, I'm saying my age and probably up, so I'm going to say older. You remember back in the days before self-checkout lines where you had to wait in the checkout line and, and they had all and the aisles were actually longer to be able to wait in. And at the beginning there on this long section, they had all these magazines. They still got magazines, but not near as many as they used to. You remember all those things? What was on headlines in all those magazines? Gossip. Who married who? Who divorced who? Who has a kid that's illegitimate? Uh, you know, who lost everything? Who gained everything? Who's dating who behind whose back? Who had an affair? I mean, these things, it was just one gossip story after another. And it's in big headlines, too. And they want to get your attention. And they put some good-looking person on the front, too, just to even get your attention even more. I mean, this stuff is everywhere. All the time. It's in our face. If you don't believe me, open up social media. Anything. If it's not on the front, scroll. You'll get there. It's going to be there. It is undeniable. It is around us all the time. There are companies that base their entire business model off gossip. Companies that do nothing but gossip, and they make millions, tens of millions, probably more than that. But these companies, they have based their entire content on gossip. That's what they print. That's what they talk about. That's what they publish. That's what they post. All gossip. And what do we do? We suck it up. We inhale it. Man, we take it all in. We see it. We're like, man, that's, that's kind of crazy. Click on the latest headline. Get in there. Read that stuff. You know, we want to know what's happening in somebody else's life that we've never met. Man, it is important stuff to know. Yes, it's gossip. And it has no place in the Christian life at all. And these companies, they'll pay you for it. These companies will pay, uh, will pay money to people that can get them gossip. And if they can verify it, it's even better. You know, and some of it's crazy gossip. Like so-and-so got abducted by aliens. Somebody had an alien baby. You know, something like that. Well, it is crazy stuff what people will read. It's crazy stuff what we will read, what we will absorb, but it is all gossip. 
James 3, 5 says, So too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body of both great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites. Right now, we have an extreme drought in many areas of the nation, including Texas here. One small spark is all it takes to create a fire. A fire that can rip through thousands of acres, people's homes, businesses, farms, ranches, cities even. I mean, these fires can engulf entire states in smoke, all because of a single spark. Seems like every year about this time, that's all we hear about is just the fires, the fires, the fires, the fires. And then somebody was having a campfire, or there may be even a lightning strike. Somebody was shooting off fireworks, something very small. But it started a giant fire. Gossip works in the same way. A little bit here, a little bit there, and it can explode. And as much harm as fires can do, gossip can do that to people's lives. It is undeniable. Gossip harms others. Now, I don't know how old some of you are. Maybe y'all remember this. I know some of you do. I grew up in church all my life. And even in, it was outside of churches too. You remember those phone tree programs that you used to have? Where you put in all the people's phone numbers into the little machine and you put a pre-recorded message in there. And so then you like hit go and it would automatically dial people's numbers and give them an automated message. Seems like we got that now. It's just called robocalls, but it's a little bit different. This one you really had to work at to get it done. You had to actually find the people's numbers because you didn't want to dial long distance and pay for it. But you had this machine that would do this. And this is how that we got the word out back in the day to our congregation. Now, if we were if we had a lot of money. Otherwise, we had that one person. You know what I'm talking about. You got that one person in mind right now for those of you who've been in church all your life. When you were younger, you were like, that one person. If I can just get the information to that one person, everybody will know. Everybody will know. I could tell you the name of two people right now back in the day, but God bless them. I'll let them go ahead and rest in peace. But if you wanted to know anything about anybody... You can go to one of those two people. They knew it all. And if you want information to get out, you just had to call up that one person and say, hey, I need everybody to know this. You really didn't even have to say, hey, I want everybody to know this. It's, hey, this is what's going on. And you could hang up the phone and, well, they give it about 30 minutes. Job done. Phone, speak, those rotary phones would literally like be heated up, man. They're sitting there. They just doesn't even dial fast enough. They're trying to speed dial on here. Thank goodness we didn't have to dial 10 digits back then. I mean, for some of us, we even only had to dial four digits. Remember back in the day? And man, gossip was prevalent even back then. Remember party lines? Man, you could listen to somebody else's conversation you had no business listening to. Trying to cover up the phone. Shh! I'm trying to listen to what? To somebody's sin. No. I didn't call it that, but they're like, I'm just trying to see how I can help out somebody. It is undeniable. Gossip has been happening since the dawn of time, and it continues to happen even today in all kinds of ways. And when it comes to dropping that spark, man, one of the things that I see these days that that causes sparks more than anything else, innuendos on social media. You know what I'm talking about? 
when somebody posts something, but they don't use any names and they give it like a general vague detail. Somebody makes a post and somebody comments, well, you don't know how many people ought to read this. Just that little, little comment right there. They don't call anybody out by names. But they'll put that in there, hoping that the person that they're actually trying to get the attention to actually reads it. And there's no guarantee that the person that they're actually trying to get to actually reads what they posted. But now you've got all these people that are reading it that are now thinking, are they talking about me? And so then it just starts, and it starts boiling. So-and-so posted this. Did you see that? So-and-so said this. Like, did you, like, like, can you believe they said that? They're talking about me. Although no names were ever mentioned, and you have no idea who it is, and you probably haven't talked to the person in five years, but they're talking about me. Small things like this. We need to be mindful because gossip is real. It is undeniable. And once it gets out, it never goes back in. Once gossip gets out, it never comes back. We can never put it back in the bottle. We can never start back over. There's no chance of that. Once information gets out, it is there. Just like digital media. Once something hits the internet, it is there. It is there forever. It doesn't go away. You can go to what's called the Wayback Machine, and you can see things that were on the internet years ago, and they got copies of it. And that's just the stuff we have access to. It's everywhere. Once it's out, it never comes back. If we forget who we are and where we came from, we will be more apt to commit gossip because we don't realize that. We don't realize that it's a sin. We've got to do it. We are not immune to it. We have to be aware of it. And last part of this uh, being undeniable is that there are many times when we confuse nature with behavior and we say that's just who I am it's just who I am so many so many of us will just say you know I'm, I'm just speaking truth I'm just speaking truth yeah but the truth that you're speaking is harming somebody else that's the truth gossip can be the absolute truth it doesn't have to be a lie it can be the truth. But if it's harming another person, it's, it's gossip. It, it's slandering. It's hurting somebody else. And to sit behind an excuse of, that is just who I am. No, that is behavior. We can change behavior. Nature is something different. Nature, nature does not give us an excuse to sin. I cannot just sit back and say, oh, I just get excited about things and I just tell people about it. Oh, I'm just really concerned about people, so I just want people to pray about it. It's just who I am. No, 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 no. That is not an excuse for gossip. You cannot vindicate your sin by saying that it's nature. God has called us to be different. God has changed our nature. Our nature is to sin. That is our nature. We are called to be different. We are called to fight against it. It is undeniable. So we get to our third topic here about gossip. And what does that say? It says it needs to be gotten rid of. Sin, it needs to be gotten rid of. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, then his religion is useless and he deceives himself. If we can't control what we say, then what we say we believe is worthless. If we say one thing and, and we say things that are harmful and discouraging and tearing down, 
If we say those things, but we also say we believe, no. It doesn't work like that. It never has worked like that. If we can't control what we say, then what we say we believe is worthless. Nobody in their right mind would ever follow or listen to a person that says they believe one thing and walk another. There's no way for that to ever work. There is no way in their right mind that that person would be followed. There is no way for anybody, there's no reason for anybody to trust somebody who is double-minded, who serves two masters. It does not work. It needs to be gotten rid of. If we say we are Christ followers, then we better make sure that our talk matches up with our walk. If we are Christ followers, we need to make sure that we are walking how we talk. A steady diet of gossip is eventually going to erode our mind. It's going to create grooves in our mind. And these grooves are going to channel how we think about somebody before we ever meet them. Have you ever gone to meet somebody for the first time, but you've been told so much about them that you already have a preconceived idea of who they are and what kind of person that they are? And then after you meet them, you're kind of like, eh, I don't know. But you still have a preconceived idea. We're all guilty of this. We've all been filled in because it's just who I am. We've all been filled in about somebody, but instead of being able to actually get to know somebody for who they are one-on-one, no. There's people out there who want to make sure that others have a preconceived idea, so hopefully they will think the way they do. It needs to be gotten rid of. Little things like gossip destroy things, even a church. There are things that destroy relationships, and they destroy our worship. Or they destroy our witness. I have never seen more people get concerned about somebody they don't know when we find out that somebody's committed a sin. When, some, when we find out that somebody that we know somehow, some form, some fashion, even sometimes we, we don't know at all, we all of a sudden get, man, we get, we get concerned. We want to pray about. We want to talk about. What can we do for this person? What can you do with that person? If, if we were so concerned about that person before, we should have been living life with that person. If we were so concerned about the person and their well-being, we should have gotten to know them a whole lot better before sin happened. We can't just sit back and say, now I'm concerned, now, now like I want to do something, and my doing something is going to be gossiping. That's not the way to go about it. We can't do that. We have, we, we have to keep it to ourselves. It, you know, most of the things we hear is hearsay. It's got to be getting rid of. There's nothing to back, there is nothing to back up what they have to say. And I'm telling you, when somebody gossips to you, and I want you to hear this very clearly, whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. Understand that. Know that. If you're part of that, Somebody around you is part of that. Know that anything that you say is not just for their ears. It is not just for their ear. It's not just for their ears. It's not, it's not going to stay in that group right there. Right. Whoever gossips to you will gossip about, about you, and you can bet everything on that. We should never report something that somebody has done that will cause them more harm, ever. So what do we do? If someone starts to gossip, tell them no. Tell them you don't want to hear about it. 
Tell them that gossip has no place. What you're sharing is gossip. What you're sharing is gossip. See what happens, man. It is greatness. Okay, I've never seen so many people backstep, backpedal, fall over their own words, start to stutter, try to figure out other things to say, and then they just say, don't shoot the messenger. Well, in this case, the messenger's wrong. It's gossip. It's gossip. Some will say that it's the truth, as I said before. Some will say that it's the truth, and it might be the truth, but it's harming other people. Don't share it. Some people will try to find ways to, like, squeeze it in with you. And sometimes you realize that you're neck deep in it, and, and, and you didn't realize it was coming, but they were, they were savvy and getting you to, like, be part of this gossip, hear all this stuff, and then you recognize, like, you're knee deep in it. And you're like, man, what do I do? How do I get out of it? Just stand up and say, no more. I don't need to know anymore. This doesn't concern me. This has not beneficial to me. It's not blessing me. It is not blessing you. And it's definitely not blessing the person being talked about. Stop. Enough. Make sure that whatever is being talked about, it's okay to be talked about. I don't know if you remember, there was a movie in the 80s. There was this long line of people, and they were standing in line to, to, to register for class. And this guy came to somebody in the front of the line and said, hey, can I cut? Person, the person said, only if you get a note from everybody behind me saying it's okay. If they want to talk about somebody, say, hey, let's go find out if it's okay if we can talk about them find out what happens. I know what's going to happen. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. They're going to take a step back, and they're going to realize that, hey, you're not a place for gossip. I read a quote from an anonymous person that said, gossip ends at a wise person's ear. Gossip ends at a wise person's ear. If we are ready for it, we can stop it. Take no part in it. Man, world's after us enough. We don't need each other after, after us too. If we recognize it, say it. Should, uh, or if we recognize it, say something. Do something about it. Don't just let it happen. Immediately call it out. You know, we need to be that wise person. We need to be that wise man. We need to be that wise woman. No matter how old, no matter how young, wherever that we are in between, we need to be that person. That when it hits our ears, that's it. We can't control what another person does, but we can control what we do. We can control what we hear. We can control where we sit. We can control what's let in. We need to stop it immediately. When you start responding like this, it's pretty amusing. You stop receiving gossip. You stop hearing those things. You start being, well, what some people would consider left out. I consider it joyous. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I want to meet somebody for the first time without having a preconceived idea. I don't want to be told about everything that's going on with somebody. You know, if that person comes to me and wants to talk, let's talk. But I don't want to talk three people away from the person. This isn't like six degrees or something. I don't want to do that. I mean, it's not helping. It's not beneficial. It's not blessing. We, we need to recognize that, and we need to stop it. Be able to stop it, we need to make sure that we are preaching to ourselves every day the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he has told us in his word. We need to preach that to ourselves every day to avoid the sin. So what do we do now? These are not in your notes, but these are on the screen. 
So what do we do now? First, we've got to stay on guard. We've got to stay on guard. First Peter 5.8 says, Be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Gossip is all around us. It is everywhere. And Satan will use whatever means that he can to be able to get us to turn away from God, to be able to hurt others, to be able to tear everybody down. We need to have God's word on our lips. We don't need to have gossip on our lips. Remember on this, be on guard. Whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. So what else is there? The, the second here is we, is we need to repent. We repent. What do we do now? We repent. I'm going to tell you that when looking at this sermon and going through this sermon, I'm not exempt no way, form, or fashion. I've had my dealings. And maybe sit, some, some people may be sitting out there thinking, man, like, God's working on me. God, God's really convicted me this morning. God's really doing something this morning. But Satan's sitting there behind you saying, you're too wretched of a person to ask for forgiveness. Like, like you've gone too far. You've crossed too many lines. You can't, you can't go to that person and make it right. That's what Satan wants you to believe. But the great thing is that we can go to God with anything. We can go to God with, with, with any sin and ask for forgiveness and figure out how to make things right. We can always go to him. And the great thing is, is that when we have that pause of something that we're doing wrong, and I'm not saying just God, I'm not saying anything. When we have that pause in our life, that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something that's, that's going on. And Satan's trying to tell us that we can't ask for forgiveness or that we're wretched or that we're too far gone. We're not worth saving. That's when we get that moment. That moment to turn to Jesus. We turn to that moment. And as Al- Alistair Begg says, the antidote of sin in our life is go back to the cross of Jesus Christ. The antidote of, our, of sin in our life is to go back to the cross of Jesus Christ. Man, that is so true. We are never too far gone for God's forgiveness. We need to repent and make it right. And lastly, I want to say, be the example. Be the example. Matthew seven eighteen says, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. If we're a good tree, we're doing what Jesus is called to do, we're living the life that he has called us to, then the fruits that we produce will be worthy of him. We are to be that example. We are called to be the, the, the salt and light of the earth. We are called to be different. And God has called us to be different, and we need to be different so that others can see that there is a difference between a Christian, between a believer, and a non-believer. They need to see that. I'll finish up with this, with this little tidbit here, this little story. I am blessed in my life by my father-in-law. Uh, I've, got, I've known him for 25 years now, I guess. In any conversation that we've had, and we've had many, I have never once, I mean not once, heard him talk down about another person. You know, my wife was telling me, whenever I was telling her about this message, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this message. She goes, you know, thinking about that, I was thinking about my dad, my father-in-law. And she goes, I don't think I've ever heard him ever 
talk bad about anybody. Now, we're not all exempt and we're not perfect. But I can tell you, it's made an impression on my life. And have you ever noticed that the people that you trust the most, the people that you bear the most, are the ones that listen the most and talk the least? The ones you know that you can trust with anything that you say? Those are the ones that stick out most to me in my life. And I'm sure that's the same with you too. Be that person for somebody else. Be that person that once it goes in, it doesn't go out. There is no gossip. There is no spreading lies, truth, whatever it may be. Be different. Be that person. So this morning, the worship team is going to come out. We're going to have prayer partners up here at the front. And this is going to be a time of invitation here. And this is going to be a time for you to, to deal with God. I don't know what God's doing in your life. I won't presume to know that. I won't presume to gossip about it either. Whatever God may be doing in your heart this morning, if it's a time of repentance, the altar is going to be open here this morning. You can come up here and you can pray. You can pray where you are. You can go to one of our prayer partners and pray with them. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, if you've never felt that peace, that hope, when all things seem at their worst, when it seems like this is all that is in the world and that everything looks bleak, and I want you to know there's hope. There, there is hope. There is the hope of Jesus Christ, that light. That light. That knowledge to know that this out of all the things that happen here, this, this is not our home. Heaven is our home. And one day we'll be in a place where gossip doesn't reign, where there are no more sins, where there are no more hurts. We will be with Christ in glory. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, man, come talk to me, come talk to one of these prayer partners, and we'd love to share the good news of Jesus with you. Let's all stand, in the morning, stand this morning, and as we stand, let's sing.